Welcome to episode 57 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinn. Paul McGinty. <laughs> With me are Ian Sharpley. Uh, uh, hello. <laughs> and Matt Cassell. Uh, uh, hi. It is Monday night, May 19th. We are here to talk about Godzilla. <laughs> We're here to talk about Ian's wallet being a little bit lighter tonight. We're going to talk about Batman image, new Flash trailer. We're going to talk about the potential uh, of Mike Babcock taking over the coaching duties of the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is the McSauce comic and hockey top hockey top podcast tonight. Yay! But before we get into comics and hockey talk, Ian Sharpley, housekeeper. I feel like Paul didn't bring his A game tonight. He's a little like. A little bit uneven tonight. Yeah, he feels, feels a little Fold uneven. If anybody should feel uneven, those of you that are loyal listeners know that I made a bet with Matt and regarding Godzilla's massive monster weekend, you all went to go see Godzilla, apparently, and now you need something else to entertain you. Might not be as great as the monster movie thriller Godzilla, but it's pretty good. Go to mixsauce.com and check out our strips, our podcast where we make irrational, crazy bets <laughs> every Wednesday, and our reviews and suggestions of the comic books that we love so much. Go to the Facebook page, like us, you can follow uh, along with some of the... Um, some of the different posts that we've been putting up there. I know Dom Yossi has been helping out on the Facebook page and putting up some comic news items, so check that out for the podcast. Go to iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher Radio, write a review, rate us, do all those good things that you do to all your favorite podcasts. Um, If you're a longtime fan, then you will remember last year our good friends at the Oaks Theater had the Moonlit Matinee Film Festival at the Oaks, presented by Turner's Premium Iced Tea. (laughs) This year, there's a whole host of different movies that you can go and check out, some old classics. Um, Pretty big 80s theme, I'd have to say. Real heavy on the 80s this summer. And if you get one of the postcards uh, while you're at the Oaks Theater, know that a certain little depressed... Boy, designed these. So I'm not depressed today. I just made a hundred bucks. That's true. Off fools. But this weekend, you can go and check out on the 23rd and 24th, the Neverending Story. Any other standouts this summer on this list? Oh, uh, for me, I'd say that. Um, let's take a look and see. Let's play a game called Which Movies I Have Never Seen. I've never seen Stand By Me. What? I've never seen, yeah, Stand By Me. Listen, hold on. Before you even go further, I see down the list we got Jaws. Do you guys remember how we all said we were going to do a McSauce Field trip and we would see Jaws together? We did say that. We missed out. Are we going to do it this year? Maybe. It looks like Jaws is on the 4th and 5th of July, so that... I don't know if we're going to be busy. Or not. Fourth of July might be tough. Might be tough, but hey, 
We have done McSauce field trips before, so maybe this could be an opportunity for us to go to the beautiful Oaks Theater. Yeah, how many movies on this uh, this list? Of how many movies are on this list? Fifteen? Fifteen? Is that fourteen? Fourteen. Fourteen. How many out of these fourteen have you not seen? Not seen? I've seen ten, so four. Some I, quick uh, math for you uh, kids <laughs> at home. Which four have you not seen? Would you like to guess? Jaws. Correct. American Werewolf in London. Correct. Risky Business. And... Matt, you're next. What have I not seen? Where has Ian not seen? Oh, we have um, two. Dazed and Confused. And... Stand By Me. Well, he already said Stand By Me, so there's one more. Footloose? Yes. I have not... I've only seen parts of... There are three movies I've only seen parts of. Caddyshack, American Werewolf in London, and Lethal Weapon. I've never seen any of those all the way through. You never saw Jaws all the way through? I didn't say Jaws. There oh, the three, three that you mentioned you've never seen all the way through. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Um, Lethal Weapon's really good. That's what I hear. I like the parts of it that, uh, that uh, I saw. For some reason, I always compare it to the first Die Hard. Same... Genre, same year range. I'd say that they're probably within the same like two year yeah. span. I think I Lethal guess. Weapon predates it a little. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and Lethal Weapon's a little bit more of like a kind of a crime noir kind of thing, but set in the eighties. Yeah, um, buddy cop style. Buddy cop. Or... It's got it's got a real cool soundtrack with like heavy saxophones playing. <laughs> it's just got this cool kind of seedy cop kind of story and Mel Gibson is is pretty much at his best. All these movies are pretty 80s centric, very classic. They all start at 10 p.m. So uh, check out the Oaks Theater and uh, have a have a blessed summer movie viewing schedule. Um one thing that you won't see at the Oaks, or at least not at the Moonlight Matinee, is Godzilla. For those of you that don't know, Matt and myself made a bet. I bet that Godzilla would not take first place at the box office this weekend. I couldn't have been more wrong! $93.2 million wrongs. Um... I didn't go see Godzilla myself, but I did the next best thing, and I listened to that old Comic Smells review of Godzilla. Now, Matt, you probably did go see Godzilla. I did. What did uh, that Comic Smell have to say about Godzilla? Um, I think I can, I can sum it up briefly, and uh, Jody, Travis, let me know if I get this wrong. Um, they felt it was... Entertaining, ultimately disappointing, and there wasn't enough actual Godzilla. I've heard that criticism. That the first hour was all unnecessary setup before you get to the stuff you want to see that want, that there isn't enough of. Once you know, you get there. and every time the monsters, spoiler, monsters, the monsters face off on screen, they felt like they cut away from that, and there was mm-hmm. a lot of unnecessary talking, but that's... That's their view. Well, it's a fine line between giving you too much monster stuff and not focusing on the characters at all. 
Because if they did that, then people would say, well, there was no character development. There was no story. It was just monsters fighting for two hours. So I feel like it's a little bit you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Personally, I liked it. I compared it to Jaws. They tease the hell out of the the monsters for a while before they give you what you want. Um, And that was effective because by the time you get it, it's like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Um, And then by the end of the movie, not to spoil the shit out of it, but I feel like they give you plenty of monster mayhem. I feel like teasing with Jaws is different because Jaws is just a shark. After all said and done, it is just a shark. But this is a giant... 25-footer, dude. Big big shark. But this is a giant monster. You know, you don't get to see this very often. And when it's presented to you, you want more. You want to really... I agree, but I think in a way that was very effective because you almost come away wanting more because they didn't quite overdo it. And it... You come... I feel like for me, I came away just thinking... What are they going to do for the sequel? I can't wait. And I'm trying to think of all the different possibilities in my head. You know, The sequel to... has been approved, too. I did see that they are yeah. going to make a sequel. They said that film. this was the second biggest opening this year, uh, next to only The Winter Soldier. This actually had a bigger opening than The Amazing Spider-Man, which I was kind of surprised by. Although I felt this would be big. I hope Brian Cranston's in the sequel. Oh, wait, they gave him top bill- billing and then killed him 20 minutes into the movie. Did you see it? But didn't oh. they? No, he listened to the review as well. Oh. Next best thing to seeing it, in my opinion. Will you guys... I know that you have no interest in this movie, Paul. I'll Ian. see it when it comes on HBO. Now, it's, it's interesting to me because in previous podcasts, you even said, this is the kind of movie you're going to want to see in a theater. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think you're going to get the most bang for your buck seeing it on the big screen. Yeah. But it's not it's not a big enough draw for me to make me drop other things to go see it. I entertain going on Sunday by myself to go check it out. Ultimately, I changed my mind, got too lazy, and didn't want to venture out of the house. But I did think about going to see it. I'm not sure if I'm going to go now. <laughs> After the first weekend, and well, uh, you have X Men coming out next. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm going to go see, and I feel like it's going to kind of get washed away in the rush of summer movies. But it's not for lack of this being a bad film. The entire time that we've talked about Godzilla up until now, I've always maintained that I thought it, it looked like a good movie. Yeah, and um, it sounds like there are mixed reviews. Some people felt like. Um, there was a lot of comparisons on that old comic smell to Pacific Rim. Have you ever seen Pacific Rim? I did see Pacific Rim. I'd be interested to hear what the comparisons were. They they said that one thing that Pacific Rim did well was that there was no real... There, there wasn't the hour-long backstory that was told in Godzilla where everything you needed to know about Pacific Rim was told in the first ten minutes, and they kind of like that better so you can get right into the monster fighting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I get that. I think I might like the fact that there's a lot of character development and there's a lot of the emotion of what's happening to these people. That's what it sounds like was in the film. There was, and and I think it was well acted, so it was pretty believable in spite of the fact that it's a movie about giant monsters. But by the end of the movie, 
you know, it, it really did kind of just turn into a big monster fight, which, frankly, I was really fine with. Um, you know, as much as they build up these characters and you start to care about them, you lose focus on them by the end of the movie. It is so much more about the monsters. And honestly, you come to Godzilla, isn't that what you want to see? It is what you want, and and they have you, like, salivating for it before they give it to you. And when they do, it's really... When they give it to you? ...really effective, I think. You're like, and quit teasing me, baby. They, they, like, they, do, they do tease you, but then they do kind of, like... Then they go... Balls deep. They go balls deep with the monster fighting, and, and they get so, all Bonnie Rotten <clears throat> on you. I was kind of disappointed to hear that the two other monsters weren't traditional Godzilla monsters. Yeah, they like, weren't. Uh, they were they were parasites. Didn't which, they kind of tease it like it was going to be Mothra? Like one of them. They would born. not. Well, you know the truth is, up until maybe the last month, you didn't even know there was another monster in the movie. They did a. A very, I think, misleading but yet effective marketing campaign. They indicated that Brian Cranston would be, if not the main character, one of the main characters, which he was to a degree. He was probably eliminated about 40 minutes into the movie. Is that before you even get to see Godzilla? Yes. It, That's a little disappointing. It's... After you see one of the giant monsters. And you may see, like, an indication of Godzilla. You may have seen his his uh, spine, or whatever that is. Yeah. But, yeah, he's, he's eliminated pretty quickly. And it was a little bit weird. Because they, they do a really good job of establishing who he is. Then they show you the tragedy that he experiences. And you think it's going to go a certain way... And you have this kind of like really intense and and damaged individual from the tragedy in the beginning of the movie, which is his wife dying. And that would have been really cool to explore, but before you do it, he, he bites it. And the movie shifts its focus to the son, who acted well, but he just wasn't as interesting. He was a military bomb specialist. Ford Brody. <clears throat> what a diesel name. Ford Brody. Ford Brody. So, I mean, <clears throat> it was... The story elements were still good, but the monster parts when they were there were even better. Um, I was extremely happy with it. I loved it. I came away with a big smile on my face. Um, partly because I knew that I had won $100. Polynomics ranking, what do you give it? Well, my polynomics were a 9 for excitement and an 8 for expectations, and it met my expectations. It was an 8. An I give eight. it an 8. That's high praise. Yeah. That is... Now, now I, you know, even though I put The Amazing Spider-Man originally at a 7, I, I, I want to, like, barely make it an 8. You know, it's like an 8.0, whereas Godzilla might have been more like an 8. It's like, uh, I know we don't do point uh, or anything, but we can do high and low. So it was a low 8, Godzilla was a high 8, or a mid 8. For me, yeah. Yeah, Godzilla was about a mid 8. Spider-Man was a low 8, high 7. And 
I, I liked them both. They were both really good and entertaining. But Godzilla, um, you know, it, it did exactly what I thought it would do. It, it teased just enough before it gives you the tip. So I can only seem to find an image of one of the monsters used. And it looks... It looks like it's not even part of the same franchise. Well, it what the monsters are, you have Godzilla, which is more or less an ancient dinosaur. Who, the way I look at it, the way it was sort of described in the movie, is he's almost like the personification of Mother Nature. Godzilla essentially is what brings balance to nature. And when things are out of balance to the degree that they become in this movie, he awakens and he has to try to restore balance. It's actually a pretty cool way to present it. Is this one of the new monsters? Uh, it's similar. The, they made the head larger, okay. like per, per, disproportionate. It looks very It looks very sleek, like very man It looks like a Cylon. It's a little like bit... Insectoid. It has like these glowing like strips for eyes. Is, is it supposed to be man-made or no? It no, it's not man-made, but it's like man-fed. If that makes sense, it feeds on radiation. Okay. And uh, what it is is it's it's a it's a parasite that yeah. would grow inside Godzilla's because there are other beings like it, and um, I think Godzilla realized, oh shit, these parasites are back. And he had to, like, kill it because the, what they wanted to do, there, there's actually two of them. There's a male and a female, and the female wants to lay her eggs, and basically there were hundreds of them. So if these eggs got out into the world, that would have been it for mankind. So this is another thing that I heard from that old comic smell. Godzilla was basically a hero in this movie. Is that right? Sort of. Like, he was interested in killing these parasites, uh, and he was kind of, um, what's the word, ambivalent to... Mankind. To mankind. You know, they'd be shooting guns at him, and he's just walking through. Yeah. It would be like the tiniest little ant on the ground compared to you. Yeah. It's completely irrelevant to you. Um... And, you know, we're, you're concerned about the rabid dog at the end of the street, not the little ant at the under your foot. Yeah. And that's basically what it was. Like, Godzilla killed plenty of people in this movie, but he was not out to kill humans. You know, if you happen to be in a building that he was walking by and he brushed against it, kind of fucked. It's an interesting twist. I don't think Godzilla's ever been played... No, he has. He has. Has he? Yeah, yeah. In the original Godzilla, he was kind of more of a villain. But after that, they sort of turned him more into a hero. And that's, I think, why he, that character has endured for so long, is because people look at him as a hero. Like, the audience. I went on Thursday night, and the audience for this movie was so excited for Godzilla. Like, when he would do, when he first showed up, the crowd roared in excitement. And then when the first time he roared, the crowd just applauded. And when he when he used his atomic breath, like people just went ape shit. I haven't had that experience yet this year with a really excitable crowd. It, it really makes the experience more fun when the crowd is that into it. We went to Cap 
together. We had a field trip, and the crowd was into it, but they weren't. It wasn't like midnight showing Star Wars. That's crowd. exactly the difference, though, because if we had gone to Cap maybe on Friday night or even sooner, the midnight show, the Thursday seven o'clock show. The audience would have been totally different than the more like casual. Well, I can wait till Saturday. I agree. It's different, but so um, anyway, back to the bet. I was gonna say when I arrived here tonight, you were feverishly compiling notes, listening to past podcasts. Doing more show preparation than I've ever seen you. Than in, in 56 episodes combined. Correct. So but. I am excited and ready for you to unleash direct quotes of mine and Paul's to highlight our stupidity in this case. Which I will do. Um, it gives me no pleasure... <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that it does. Not. Yeah, as the villain twirls his mustache, the villain, the hero is vindicated. Finally, that's true. He was attacked mercilessly at the hands <laughs> of at the at the brutal drubbing of stupidity. Let him have four. No, get I know. Over. I get it over. In fact, keep talking. I'm going to go get another beer. <laughs> can you give me a coke, please? I certainly can. Thank you. So, um, fuck you. Oh, come on. Well, that's why I'm so lovable. I'm cuddly little. <laughs> so, the the ridicule that I received about my excitement for this movie was what instigated the, the bet in the first place. I, I indicated that I felt this was going to be a very good movie and it would do very well. And I was mocked and ridiculed mercilessly with eye rolls and name calls and accusations of being stupid. Going All which are true still. <laughs> Episode 46. This is if you go back to the five or the 50 minute 30 second time stamp, Paul says, no, he's excited for The Hobbit, but he's not as excited for it as he is Godzilla. And then Ian says to me, I'm a ridiculous person. Wait, I said that? Yes. Check it for yourself. About the next Hobbit, the upcoming Hobbit yes. movie? And then you laughed at, at this, how ridiculous this I am. Hobbit movie. That's correct. Laughs maniacally. At 53.30, Ian says, I'm excited about this Godzilla, but my excitement is clearly dwarfed by your insanity, Paul. <laughs> That's fun. a great line. That dude's hilarious. <laughs> Paul says it one hour, seven minutes, and six seconds. For saying such crazy shit, I want it so you're not allowed to see anything else this year. I said, why? I stand by that. For making such an insane statement. Mm-hmm. For making such an insane statement, like you're most excited about seeing Godzilla. I said, how is that insane? So your no. year's your year's done then. Nothing is gonna top. The excitement for Godzilla. You may as well just kill yourself until 2015. Where he can then resurrect himself? Well, like I, around Easter? I can be excited. Like, like the Mother Nature's uh, spirit of vengeance, Godzilla. <laughs> Hashtag sore loser. 
I didn't have any. I didn't I'm not a sore loser. I was looking at Paul okay. when I said it. But I, I didn't For the fans at home. Hashtag butthurt. I didn't lose anything. Your reputation. I, I think it, I've made it painfully clear I don't care about my reputation. All right, so I said, how is that insane? Look, I think it's going to be the biggest movie of the year or of the summer. And then Ian, audible sigh, he goes, <sighs> you can hear it. It's the one minute, seven, or Enhanced one hour, seven minutes, roll. six. Yeah, there was an eye roll there, too. So one, one hour, seven minutes, 48 seconds. I said, it comes out after Spider-Man. It'll dethrone Spider-Man. Paul says, no way is it going to dethrone Spider-Man. I said, how much you want to bet? Paul says, I don't make foolish bets. But I don't said, I do, I do. But, but I don't think it's going to dethrone Spider-Man. Spider-Man's fucking Spider-Man. And I said, Spider-Man comes out a few, a few weeks before Godzilla. And then Ian chimes in with, there is no way Godzilla is dethroning Spider-Man. And then I said to Ian, do you want to bet? I said, I'll bet you. I will bet you a hundred bucks. And that's when we shook hands and the infamous bet was forever sealed. And then I said, and ever. At at one hour and nine minutes and 19 seconds, Paul says, a week later, Amazing Spider Man still going to be going strong. And then by the time Godzilla gets into its second week, Days of Future Past is going to kill it. Days of Future Past is going to dethrone Amazing Spider Man. Um, I have a feeling this is tanking this episode. Could we just replay back the old episodes or could we just move on to Fallout from the back? Because you're losing me right now. I don't think there's any fallout from the bet. We took a picture, which we will post on McSauce.com. We shook hands. I cried a little bit. Paul says, for, or Ian says, for the listeners at home, I agree with Paul. I think Matt is, I don't know what's in that Coca-Cola over there. Paul said, it has a chance to be a sleeper hit. And I said, a sleeper hit? Yeah. Yeah. And Paul's like, yeah, I think it's going to build. I said, everybody knows this brand. Your grandmother knows this brand. Paul said, everybody knows Spider-Man. And then Ian said, there's more hype on the Transformers movie than there is Godzilla. I could see Transformers making more money than Godzilla. Still a possibility. I guess anything's possible, right? After this weekend. But the even your grandma knows who Spider-Man is. My parents know who Godzilla is, and they went to go see it this weekend. Yeah? They liked it, apparently. Oh, that's cool. Making so. it happen. Yeah. Sharpley's. Which? The Sharpley's helped you $100 from your I said to Sharpley, I said, you're telling me Godzilla's going to open at number two. I said, are you kidding me? Ian said, yeah, I think that could happen. I think it could make a shitload of money and still open at number two. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying that Spider-Man is going to make more. Is is going to have more staying power. It's going to resonate with audiences. People are going to go back. You're going to be part of the reason why Spider-Man stays on top. Because you're going to see it three fucking times. Okay, you were kind of right. I saw it twice. Yeah, everything I said there was right except for the fact that Spider-Man was a poopy movie. Nobody else went back. <laughs> nobody else, yeah. I mean, you did, but nobody else. I, said, I didn't go You're back. telling me that you think Spider-Man is going to hold the number one spot for four weeks until X-Men comes out. Ian says, yeah. I said, that doesn't happen. And Ian says, I think it will. I said, that does not happen in movies these days. And so we start talking about Neighbors. You said, Neighbors, which looks pretty good. I said, yeah, that might have something going. When does that come out? Ian, May 9th. 
And then Paul sarcastically says, neighbors may sing Spider-Man. Which it did. So and then, Paul was right. And then, but he was being sarcastic. It's at the, no, the, the transcript does not allot for sarcasm. Li- listen to the timestamp. Or listen to it. Here's the timestamp. One hour, 16 minutes, 23 seconds. And then Ian mockingly goes, ha, 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 ha. That would suck. <laughs> I like your version of my laugh. It's pretty good. I listened to it several times to make sure I was typing it accurately. If only you could be this dedicated to a normal episode. Then, getting into what I felt was a little bit more of a heated debate, because we had a week to stew on it, because by this time we were each so... Set in our ways. Set in our ways. Did some research. Did a little research. Did a little box office mojo research. Tried to... Sway the facts into supporting our argument. Paul says it's six minutes, 23 seconds into episode 47. I'm in Camp Ian. I said, anybody that is in Camp Ian has completely lost their mother freaking mind. You say mother freaking. I said mother freaking. Ian Ian says, tell me why I have lost my mother freaking mind. I said, there's just simply no way that this movie isn't the biggest thing this week. Ian says, there is a chance, and it's called Amazing Spider-Man 2. I said, you are banking your hopes and dreams and $100 on the fact that a movie that made $200 million, give or take $10 million for the first one, is going to be bigger in its third week with all the hype, all the excitement of a brand new, big-time, big-budget, well-known brand movie. It's sheer insanity. It I, says, see, I, I, I disagree with it's a sheer insanity right there. I think that if Spider-Man was a better movie, if it was a movie on par with Captain America, maybe there would have been a chance. But it wasn't. I was banking on Spider-Man being Spider-Man better Spider-Man and Captain America, though, have kind of maintained, well, at least week one, the same kind of like box office trajectory. I thought Spider-Man was going to be bigger than Cap, and it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. It won't, but we know that the main reason, regardless of how good or good it wasn't, was no competition for Cap for a month. It True. had nothing going against it. True, but Cap's a way better movie than Spider-Man. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Not all of us can agree on that. I like Spider-Man better. Although, I, I will concede that I can understand why people would like Cap better. But... Spider-Man, for me, was was a more enjoyable movie. But anyway, he says, I don't know about the hype and excitement. I do know some of it coming from you because you're the only one generating hype and excitement for this movie. It looks okay. It looks fine. I think that it will get some people to see it, but but it doesn't appeal to everyone quite the way Spider-Man does. I was completely wrong on that. And then I said, perhaps not, but it will still be able to beat a third-week running Amazing Spider-Man. And then you said, while I can say you are stupid, Paul laughter, you're extremely savvy in the fact that it is in its third week, it will be at its weakest point, and if there's a chance in heck that Godzilla will rise up and take a bite out of Spider-Man's ass. And then, so just a few more... Who's saying that? Is that? I'm like, goddamn H.G. Wells. Just a few more short points, and then we can move on with the podcast. At the 8 minute 10 second mark, I said, so what you're saying is you expect Spider-Man to make even less than $15 million in its third week. Ian says, in its third week, I think it's probably going to be 13 14 probably somewhere in there. To be safe, Godzilla will have to make 15 to beat Spider-Man. I think it'll make 9 I don't think 
And I was. I right. don't even think I was that only it was counting for Thursday night. No, cross into the double digits. <laughs> so Thursday night alone, folks, Godzilla made nine point two million dollars in what two showings? Something like Thursday that. Night. We'll say two. Uh, Ian said, "Are you flooded with people coming up to you saying, did you see the new Godzilla tra- trailer? Just droves and droves of your friends and family. Your mom coming up and saying, we need to see Godzilla. As a family, Matt, we need to see this movie. Did that happen? I was right again. This is just proving that I was right about everything except what the bet really was. Hey, my mom actually texted me about this Godzilla movie. Yeah. She's like, did you see how much it made? Yeah, jeez. Paul said, I'm siding with Ian on this. Over the past week, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about Spider-Man and Godzilla. I've told multiple people uh, the bet that you guys have going on. And Godzilla's not getting a lot of pull. There are people, nerds in the know who follow this stuff and didn't even know there was a Godzilla coming out. Paul, I don't know who these people were that you talked to, but they need to get more in touch with shit because... A lot Everything more people. that you're reading that we said was correct, except for the yeah, baseline fact. When we recorded that, no one did know Godzilla was coming out because Godzilla didn't have a media push until like two weeks <clears> later. At 11 minutes and 58 seconds, Paul says, Godzilla's going to hit a much broader audience. I think you're going to have... Oh, maybe I typed that wrong. Spider-Man's going to hit a much broader audience. I think you're going to have more kids and girls and people that aren't, you know, 16 to 30 demographic going to see Spider-Man. But Godzilla, I think Godzilla pulls in more of a specified demographic. Which is what I thought as well. And I said, it might. And then Paul said, I think ultimately that's going to hurt it. At 14.55, Ian says, getting back to my insanity, Matt. I said, "Uh, I don't know, we got sidetracked, but yeah, you're fucking crazy. I said, you and anybody else that sides with you has completely lost their sense of reality. It's almost painful for me. And then you mockingly laughed. Our Godzilla sensibilities. A couple more and then we're done. 1734. This is painful. This is this physically is, painful for me sitting here. This segment what, this is oh, killing. This is tanking this podcast. What's, what's this Zac Efron movie coming out between? Ian says, Neighbors. Neighbors. Neighbors has the potential to take the number one spot from Amazing Spider-Man 2. I think people are a little Amazing Spider-Man out, personally. Ian says, I am not getting that vibe at all. Which people clearly are Amazing Spider-Man 20, out. 25-44. There's only a couple more timestamps, Paul. You'll be okay. I don't really have a choice, do I? You're just going to keep going. Uh, well, there's only a couple more. About about the genre of movie that Godzilla is. I said it's different. It's a different kind of thing. It's niche, Paul says. Well, it's action-adventure, but it's, it's a little different. Ian says, you're making monster movies seem like a genre nobody's has ever seen before. Paul said, no, Matt's making monster movies like they are like the second coming of new cinema or relevant. <laughs> I said, Great I, joke, Paul. I don't think this is exactly a monster movie. I feel like you're maybe comparing it to something like um, Paul interjects. It's a monster movie. Yeah, Paul says it's a monster movie. Period. It is a monster. What other kind of movie is Godzilla? I said, well, like I was saying, it's an action adventure. It's sci-fi. It's horror. It's kind of a lot of things that might appeal to a broad audience. Paul says, like Van Helsing was. (laughs) <laughs> Action, adventure, sci-fi, horror. Ian says, aren't those the elements that monster movies pull from typically? You know what? I don't know. Maybe it was a monster movie, but 
I think the argument that you fellows were making was that because it's a monster movie, it's not going to resonate with audiences. I think that was the argument. We are, we, I will even take the hit. I was clearly wrong, supremely misguided in my underestimation of the audience that it was going to pull. Two more. 2735. Hang in there, fans. Ian says, I'm not saying Godzilla is a bad movie. I just don't think it has the kind of push behind it. The kind of, I don't think it's going to have the kind of push that it's going to need to overcome Spider-Man. 2930, last one, Paul. Paul says, it comes out that first weekend. I think it's going to pick up steam, and it's going to do better in weeks two and three. And Ian says, I could see that happening. Paul says, I honestly believe it's going to be a really good movie, a really quality movie. There's just not, they're just not pushing it enough now. Ian says, it's not going to have the buzz that will be necessary to jump to that number one spot the first week. And after that, I don't think it has a chance. Going up against X-Men, Spider-Man will still be out there. Sure, it'll be weeks later, but it will be taking some of that box office draw. And the lesson, kids, is that Ian was wrong, Matt was right. Now, how about this more intriguing argument at this point? Do we think that Godzilla can maintain its number one spot? No. No? No. Against X-Men? No. No. And I would also like to present $100 to you, Ian. I'm not taking your money. I will not take this money. Well, then you won it, fair and square. No, no, no. I don't want to you take it. You did. We're, I wanted to be right. That's, That's fine. Spend it on pizza the next couple times. I will not take it back. But anyway, so um, we don't think that Godzilla can overcome X-Men or... Yeah. That's what I mean. Well, I don't think you and I know anything at this point. Yeah. I think Godzilla can probably run run the year. Maybe Hunger Games, Hobbit. What are those two little two little indie movies I against so. the the you know mecha film Godzilla? Don't be a sore loser. I'm not a sore loser. I had no I had no horse on the horse on the right. No, but we know what side you were on. You, yeah. you you claimed a side. I'm extremely happy that this turned into you and Paul's bet. Yeah, and I yeah I was I was wrong about it. I think if Spider-Man was a better movie, I wouldn't have been wrong yeah, about it. Yeah, listening back... And all of those statements that you made were before Spider-Man came out. Li- listening Afterwards, I saw Spider-Man, and it kind of sucked. Yeah, my whole outlook toward this bet absolutely changed. No, but the, the bet... But wasn't... I wasn't going to go back at that point and say, yeah, you're probably right about this. I stuck by my guns, and I was wrong about it. Godzilla totally cleaned up. Last weekend. But and I look forward to seeing it. I will see it eventually. It wasn't because Spider-Man was bad. I mean, I think that God's, even if Spider-Man was Captain America good, Godzilla still would have won. And I think the basis of our argument, or at least the, the root of my argument, was I didn't think that it had the audience. It right. clearly fucking had the audience. It had more of the audience than Spider-Man and, had. Well, yeah... Or at least the same amount. It was of the so audience. close with Spider Man. I mean, it's right there with Cap, Spider Man, and Godzilla. Those three movies are incredibly close. Week one, like we were talking about, Captain America is going to probably be the biggest money maker, maybe this year, um, if not. Well, this there's summer. a there's a lot of big hitters coming out this summer. Um, we just talked about 
The X-Men film that is coming out. It all comes down to the competition, though. Like, what what else is going to come out that's going to steal your dollars, steal dollars away? Um, if anything, because we paid so much attention to the box office, this actually kind of taught us a little bit about how to kind of gauge these things. Yeah. As good as, as good as a movie might be, it it's only as good as the next great thing. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. I mean, I don't think I would make a bet like this ever again. <laughs> <laughs> because... Timestamp. Timestamp that. We certainly have been looking at the box office, and it is, it's all about what that movie is up against. Those Fast and Furious movies that clean up and do so well, they do so well in a vacuum against fucking nothing. That's why those winter movies and and the ones that come out at Thanksgiving, there's that one big one at Thanksgiving. There's that one big one at Christmas time. Which is why, like, in, in the fall, I think, the Hunger Games is the only, like, That's fall November. Movie. Yeah, right. oh, yeah, yeah, and then, and, like... Yeah. But it's like, why don't these movie companies realize, shit, we should come out in February, and we will own a month all by ourselves, if not more. I guess that's the tactic that Marvel Studios did with Captain America coming out. As early as it was, Captain America had the feel of a summer movie, but it came right. out, like, a month before summer technically started. Just to agitate Paul just a little further... Star Wars coming out in December might make it the biggest grossing movie ever. Could pause that could be because the two biggest grossing movies of all time were Christmas releases: Avatar and Titanic, going up against nothing. They come out at the end of the year. They go through January with very very little coming out, and you know. I think Star Wars, ha- assuming it's good, if, if people like it and people are like, oh yeah, the magic is back or whatever, that might end up being the biggest thing. And I mean, that would be great for audiences too if these studios start releasing films more like spread out over the year rather than just loading up the, the summer with, you know, one every single week. Yeah. I mean, imagine if Amazing... If Amazing Spider-Man 2 had come out February 1st, I guarantee it would have made more money than it's making. Does that take away from the like the magic of being a summer blockbuster? Yes, I think it does and I think that would hurt it a little bit as a like an audience member cuz if you release it in February, it's Ghost Rider. It's not Spider-Man. Exactly. And but that's the thing, it doesn't have to be a bad movie to come out at that time, like, what if Neighbors came out in February? That would probably be doing even better because it's not competing. You know, it's still competing for those Spider-Man dollars, and then all of a sudden you have Godzilla coming out, and that's going to take a huge audience away. And then X-Men next week. Do you think this is a lesson that Hollywood's learning, or are we just learning because we're dummies and we didn't pay attention? I don't as think. Closely? I don't think Hollywood has learned it. The yeah. summer is still. Like, completely loaded with stuff, whereas other months are barren. Yeah. And I I think that the studio mentality is summertime and Christmas and, and Thanksgiving. That's your prime time. But I think any time is prime time as long as the film is, is good. That's what I think. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think that... Um I think money-wise, we're going to be looking at uh, 
it, it will be the late November Hunger Games movie, and uh, The Hobbit in December mm-hmm. will be the ones competing for the uh, big box office bucks. But a uh, trailer to a movie that comes out later in the summer, recently released trailer, second trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy that we just watched. Paul, do you have any reaction to the new Guardians trailer? Uh, let's see. New Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Um, right off the bat, I don't like Peter Quill's helmet. I don't like the kind of cheap nature of it. That it just kind of forms from two ear pieces yeah. all in front of his face. Like I feel like if this was a Star Wars movie, it would be an actual helmet that he has to take on and off. Is that like something that, that really that's takes what it away? Is in, for it, me, it is because it a feels more. Thing. It feels more natural that way. It okay. feels it feels more gritty, more down to earth. If he has to carry around a helmet with him, he has to like wear this thing. It feels too too techy, too easy. Yeah, like, I like a little. I would. Turn that to be a little more grounded. He's always had... Like Indiana Jones' hat. Yeah, he's always had a hard helmet that he's had to carry with him. And this just seems like, you know... I feel like when this stuff happens, like the Superman's costume that pretty much just forms around him now, instead of him having to wear it, it's kind of cheap, like, oh, fuck, now we're in the scene, what do we do with this helmet? If he runs here... He's going to have to take it with him. We'll, we'll just make it part of his headpiece so that he doesn't really have to use it. Yeah. It, just seems like, it just seems like a writer's cheat. Yeah, that so, seems like a real small thing to be that upset about. Well, I mean, we're critiquing a trailer that essentially has nothing in it that we haven't seen before. What haven't we seen before? Um, Ronan, who looks fairly menacing. Ronan is the big villain in this film, is that right? Yeah, he looks yeah. he looks pretty scary. Um, we heard Rocket Talk, which I'm not happy about either, really. I mean, it doesn't even sound like Bradley Cooper. You get Bradley Cooper to voice this character, and it doesn't even really sound like him. The yeah, whole time I was trying to hear Bradley yeah, Cooper. Like, I'm, I'm listening. Does it sound like him? Does it sound like Same him? thing with Groot. And you, I guess you get that's, Vin um, Diesel to do Groot. And well, that sounded like Vin Diesel. Do you think so? Yeah, absolutely. He sounded yeah. like the Iron Giant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but... With Bradley Cooper, like, he doesn't sound like Bradley Cooper, and I suppose that's a testament to the voice work he did on it. But it, it's well, not why the, get Bradley Cooper if you're going to do that? It's not the voice. the voice I've always heard for Rocket when I read the comics. Like, I always hear, not a not a chirpy Chippendale voice, but he sounds like a six-foot-tall, 200-pound man. It doesn't sound natural coming out of that tiny raccoon body. I always hear... 1930s gangster, like, yeah, see? Like, I hear that from him. I don't, while I don't agree with that, I don't disagree either. <laughs> because I think there's a little bit of that in the voice that I hear for Doesn't it play into, like, who he is as a character? Like, he's kind of like a uh, uh, or- ornery kind of... Kind of like a... Like, Quick to shoot you in the face, kind of character, kind of like a. <laughs> That's why it's like a little that. gruff, a little more high pitched, but he sounds just like a, a dude. Yeah, I think that he should be. In... So you want a more of a cartoon character voice? Um. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Okay. But I think there's a way to do it because when you say cartoon character voice, it's, it sounds it sounds derogatory. But like I don't. Slow. I don't want it. Yeah, I don't want it to be 
like I don't want it to pull you out of the movie like oh this voice is so silly yeah but I think I think there's a happy medium in there between okay. what I'm expecting and what Bradley Cooper's doing okay which I guess is is more cartoony yeah I'm I want to also say that I didn't like the helmet I don't like the way that it kind of it, like Paul said it's too techy it materializes and Wow, for what? a space movie, that just bounced right off me. I was like, okay, his helmet disappears, whatever. I keep going back to, there's something about the way Luke Skywalker takes off that Stormtrooper helmet in A New Hope that it's such an iconic scene, and that's not going to happen with Nano Helmet. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's too much, um, I don't know, just trying to be like, well, what would be cool... And, and what can we do with computers to make this happen? Whereas, like, if the dude just kind of peels the helmet off, like, it, it, it's such a more dramatic reveal anyway. Would you guys be okay if you peel the helmet off and then the helmet clicks off into itself and it forms into something nice where he can put it into his belt where it, in theory, is a physical object? I would prefer the helmet to have a hook on it that hooks to his belt. If there's something real... Real world about the Star Wars universe and the Boba Fett helmet and the Stormtrooper helmets and the X-wing helmets that they're real. They're real things. They're a tangible, tangible something that we have right now. When you take it that far out and you make it this nano helmet that clicks back into a headpiece, it's so far out there. But the actual yeah. tangible helmet makes it real. Yeah, it, it certainly doesn't feel like a, a believable kind of existing world. It, it certainly makes it feel like it's some kind of just make-believe, and, and I think it kind of pulls you out. It, took, it takes away from that used that used universe yeah. thing that, that Star Wars has, and that's the tone that I want from this movie. And when you go so far with technology like that, I, I, think, it, I think it's a detriment. Well, it, the new Star Trek, the, um, the first one, the J.J. Abrams one, and there's a sequence when uh, Kirk and Sulu parachute onto uh, like a drill platform, and then they have a fight with a couple of um, what were those things called? Not Klingons, Romulans. Romulans. Is that what they were? Rom- yeah. And they had this fight, and Sulu pulls out a sword, and the way that the sword unfolded, that was about as far as I want to <laughs> see my tech kind of in these type of movies, where it just kind of like clicks outward and and even even that I was I wondered about its structural integrity yeah I guess maybe it was adamantium these are strange I mean I I understand where you guys are coming from but this is a universe where a tree and a raccoon are the main characters I I don't have such a big problem with it but, yeah, I, I know what you mean, and I understand why you think that it might be a little nitpicky, but I do think that that kind of thing does go a long way in establishing kind of the immersiveness of the world, and while there's a raccoon in a tree, I I just feel like those are key figures, key members of this story that we're going to tell, whereas like materializing a mask out of Thin air is kind of like just watch this trick. Let's let's take a more let, let's take a closer look at this helmet and you know look at the 
look at how it's how it's used. It just covers the face. Those are your important parts. That's where your eyes are at. You need to take care of that stuff. But the whole top and maybe some of the back of his head is exposed. You don't want to cover that up? Is that not true to his comic book form? I don't know. Let me ask you this, Paul. Why does he wear the mask? In the comics. For protection and breathable air. What? Okay, so it's certainly a respirator. You don't need the headpiece for that part of it. Right. Um, In the context of the story, when does he wear it when he goes into battle? Is that... Yes. Because in the comics, you're not paying... Chris Pratt's face. What kind of battle does the Star Lord usually get into? Is it gunfights? Is it fisticuffs? Gunfights, fisticuffs, general space play. (laughs) (laughs) General space play. Nothing on Solo or Luke Skywalker didn't get into. All that said, there was more screen time. For all the characters, you got to get a, a better sense of who they were and what they were doing. You also got a really good sense of the world that they were inhabiting. I thought it looked beautiful. I thought it looked really, really... The, the CG, as well as some of the functional um, props, looked really good. Um, I wasn't taken out at all by... Where you would see in Green Lantern, oh, that looks like that entire world's you know, just like a big cartoon. It didn't feel that way in Guardians. I felt like this trailer was a slightly longer version of the first trailer. I don't feel like it did anything differently as far as telling me what the story was, really. Um, It even, like, used some of the same music again. Like, I don't know, what's the main song that they're playing? Hooked on a Feeling is going to blast through the iTunes charts this summer if Marvel has its way. I, I just... Usually the second trailer kind of gives you a better idea of what this is about. I thought this was a little more serious, even though they were still playing some a jokes. A little bit. It was a little more serious. It, it was. It wasn't the laugh riot that the first trailer was. Agreed, but it wasn't that much different, and it, it still didn't really tell you the story at all. Like, what, what is this even about? You know that it's about a group of, like, kind of misfit space people. That's it. Who are tasked to save the galaxy. Or guard it. Or guard it. Now, uh, what's the female's name again? Gamora. Gamora. I think she is the most striking-looking thing in this movie. And and I don't mean because she's pretty, but I mean, like, she just looks fucking cool, I think. Is that a paint job, or is that CG? I have a problem with her color. I don't think it looks... Natural. See, I love that it's so bright. Uh, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's the bright green. I want the green to be darker because I don't have a problem with Drax. Drax looks right. well, normal color because he looks brown. But yeah, it's just so green. I do, but like, I clearly they're making a distinction between these races. They're not the same race, and if they had made the colors too similar, then I think that could be somewhat problematic. Um, it would confuse audiences and make it seem like, oh, what were they, brothers and sister? Brother and sister? I think the I think the problem is normally Gamora's not the greener of the two. Like maybe they should have made Drax brighter. I think that's, the fear that's nitpicking at its best. The fear I think may have been for Drax was we cannot make him look like the Hulk. We got the Hulk. Mm. We gotta 
really be careful about this. And coloring is probably the main thing. And the fact that they made him a, a real man instead of CGI. There's some criticism to him, like his marks not being tattoos. <clears throat> they look organic, almost like a rash or, or, or something scars. like that. I'm okay with that. I think it looks all right. You need some cortisone. I'm still not sold on that particular casting. Of Batista? Yes. WWE's own Batista? That leads me to believe he's not going to have a whole lot a whole lot of speaking parts. I think he's just going to be doing some grunting and one or two lines and that'll be it. <clears throat> Does he have, have depth in the comic books? Like, are we looking for something from Drax? No. Drax has okay. depth in the comics. Does he? I don't know. I've only read in the a handful Lanning, of Guardians. Drax miniseries, right? I mean, he has he has motivation, but I mean, pretty much he's just mad and wants to kill Thanos. Okay. So we will not be getting any Thanos in this movie. Doesn't seem like it. Seems like the Collector and Ronan are the two main antagonists here. I don't know anything about either one of them, really. This latest trailer look good, but it doesn't like it doesn't look any different from the first one. Uh, yeah, I agree I with expected that. I would expect the second trailer to be uh, the the more serious one, the more dramatic, have you know, bring a little more give us a little emotional anchor to tie into. Do we think that this that's on purpose, that they're staying away from that stuff? Well to kind of push the the funny I got a long way to go. Yeah, they do. But I think sometimes that you you start to see some patterns on like what these studios are doing, the way that they market things, the way that they hold certain things back. You start to wonder if maybe it's not that good of a movie based on sometimes the limited amount of marketing, the weakness of a trailer. I'm not saying that that's exactly the case here, but, you know, um, the fact that they didn't really reveal what the story is is a little... I'm not going to say it's troubling, but it's eyebrow-raising. But don't we know what the story is? It's space battle shit. It's something in space is happening, and these people have to go save space. We know what the story is because we know what's gone on in the comics. We know what's happened in all the Marvel movies before this. So we can put together, there's something going on, Cosmic Cube, uh, Infinity Gauntlet, they're trying to hunt down... You know, these pieces, trying to keep them from the Collector. Like, we're inferring all this, but just based on these trailers, yeah, there's shit going down in space and these guys need to stop it. This trailer is, you like the Avengers, right? You like space, right? Avengers in space. What's right. funny? You like silly, right? Well, you do, because you went to see Iron Man 3. <laughs> or Avengers. Or Thor the Dark World. Zang! Which I gave an eight, but you just gave Spider funny. Try to be. Didn't you bitch and moan about that for a full episode? I really said I don't own peels and cream pies. I don't own that film. I'm gonna have to go at that high, the high eight that I gave it. I don't have it. I have to go out there and get the. So did uh, do we feel like? Um, Guardians of the Galaxy has given us that two-point trailer swing in any direction. In, in Ian, the, I'm feeling like maybe it had an effect on you. Well, yeah, not this trailer necessarily, but the first one did. Yeah. Um, I, and I think I stated it before, 
it looks way better than I gave it credit for. It overcomes the fact that I don't really enjoy these characters in the comic book form. I'm interested in this, and I don't see anything stopping me from going to see this film in the theaters. Yeah, this will, I mean, this will be one we'll go open weekend for. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I agree. There's nothing in this trailer that's making me roll my eyes and say, no. Would I prefer the helmet not to be digital? Sure. But, oh my god, that's not going to stop me at all. Right. I, I, I agree. No, I'm, I'm all in. Opening night. Me too. But every time I see that helmet, I'm going to go, come on, man. I might... I'm gonna. I'm this gonna blows hold, my mind that you guys my, are that upset. Uh, I'm not really upset. I'm just. I'm. I'm using that as a way to gauge the way that I think they're going to create the world. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Like I don't think everything. Just because it's out in space, I don't think everything needs to be super high tech. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And I, I keep going back to the Star Wars universe because it feels Not very, me, folks. If I know. If, a long time ago with Paul McGinty. <laughs> because it, feel, it all feels very organic. And even though they're way out in space, it seems like it's our technology, but just different for what they need. Like, if we lived on Tatooine, we would create moisture evaporators. Blue milk, everybody. And blue milk. But, yeah. I don't think this is as bad as Green Lantern, complete CG suit, CG mask, CG eyeballs. It this is, isn't that bad. No, not even close. And this is, it's tiny, and but it's its sticking with me. And I okay. can't, part of it is because I think the original helmet design is so fucking cool. Also, like, like... Michael Bay's Transformers. Part of the movie reason I hate those movies is because they look fucking ridiculous. Those iconic designs from the original Transformers are so fucking cool looking. Optimus Prime with the blue head and the antennas and just the mouthpiece. Such a cool looking design. And then Michael Bay is like, oh, we're going to change all of it. Like, you don't need to change that. You don't need to change the Star Wars. Do you have the pointy things in the face? Yeah, it's very... He doesn't have a face show. He has fucking lips. He has giant metal lips. Oh, really? Yes. Kind of like how they gave Snake Eyes a molded... Well, he does have the face shield eventually. Like, it depends... Like, when he goes into battle... Just the battle. The face shield comes... We need to see... We need to see those smoocheroos. No need for that. No fucking need for that. Not to mention all the other characters who are unrecognizable. And those are cool designs. Those are cool, iconic designs. And, like, in the... The Star-Lord helmet isn't necessarily an iconic design. I'm the only one that knows what it looks like. But it's cool, and I like it. And they're making it silly. They're, getting, they're making it look 90s, because he's got the crazy hair sticking out of the top. Like Cyclops. Kind of. Remember when Cyclops... More like, more like, like Firestorm. Or Grifter. Or Gambit. Or Shatterstar. Yeah. Gambit, who was cast this week... Uh, I don't Cyclops had Tatum Channing. Yeah, Cyclops has. He had that. He had like. Yeah, he, he did. just he just had the visor for a while. And you saw. I his. thought it was it was the full. It's like it was on his cheeks. I think. And it. No, it was just. See, I thought visor. it was like the 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 speed skater hood with the visor, and then just the visor. Correct. But no, like weird forehead, but just the hair. Correct. It was on the cheeks. It's. But I see what I, I see what uh, yeah. you're saying. 
guess so. But that's even weirder than what we're talking about. Because how the fuck does that stay on your face? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Jim Lee, god damn it, man. So, speaking of poorly designed head structures, Channing Tatum, Matt's favorite actor, cast as, uh, cast as Gambit. That won't you leave us off. Gambit, to me, has longer hair, okay? Whether it's a little bit more of a moppy kind of thing, or if it is longer but kind of like spiked up, like kind of the mid-90s style Gambit. But either way, he doesn't have kind of that shorter, like almost buzz style that Channing Tatum seems So you to. don't think Channing Tatum can grow his hair for this role? I don't think that he has the right face for long hair. I think we're going to see him with long hair and want to laugh our asses off. Um, I just don't see him... I don't really feel like that dude has any charisma at all. Uh, you know, maybe for female audiences, and I've even heard things like, because uh, it's a female director for the um, X-Force movie that he's going to appear in, that like she's like a fangirl and she just wanted this hot dude in her movie, whatever. Well, have you seen any of Channing Tatum's work? Well, I've seen him in G.I. Joe. You um, didn't like him? You thought he was just... A beefcake. Have yeah. you ever seen him in anything else? Have you seen 21 Jump Street? I didn't see 21 Jump Street, but sadly I saw part of Step Up. And That's well, terrible. I, I think we need to give him a pass for Step Up. Now, Paul, I'm assuming you're a huge Magic Mike fan. I really like Magic Mike. I knew it. Mike, Magic Mike had way more depth than I thought it was. And, and I way more dicks. Whoa. Just I don't think I don't dicks. think there were any ding dongs in Magic Mike. No, um, but yeah, Magic Mike was good. It had way more depth than I expected. You forgot to, to say, sadly. I came out. I, don't yeah, think. I came out of there like eh, that was all right. But I've seen Channing Tatum in a variety of roles, and he's he's not a great actor. He's not terrible. I think he does have some charisma. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's right for Gambit, though. I always feel like Gambit, aside from the hair, is a is a more slender figure. And I agree with Channing that. Channing Tatum is a is a much stockier. That's gentleman. my main, that's my main concern. With also, that. can we cast an actual Cajun actor? Do they exist? He's he is he's southern. from New Orleans. Is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I didn't know he was from New Orleans, but I knew he was southern. I didn't know let's that. Take, let's take a look. Well. The, uh, the positives for this casting is he's a huge... Alabama. The accent... He's Southern a huge Gambit fan. And big Gambit guy, big fan of the character, so he wants to do this. Can I and that's cool. I'm, I'm excited about that, but go ahead. Here we go. Um, Nicolas Cage really wanted to be Ghost Rider as well. Hell of a movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm all for people wanting to kind of live out their, their boyhood fantasies of being a superhero, who the hell wouldn't? they got to make the right choice. You know, it goes beyond just somebody's desire to be this character. I mean, maybe Channing Tatum needs to just stick to step-up movies and 21 Jump Streets. 21 Dr- Jump Street is a really funny movie. You would like it if you saw speaking, it. Speaking I, of... I do kind of want to see it. Speaking it's of really guys who can act and dance like Channing Tatum. Um, I would probably be more okay if Justin Timberlake was Gambit because he has more of that lead build. Because, like Matt said, Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum makes 
beefcake. Yeah. He's a big, stocky guy. Like, every time you see Gambit, he's tall and lanky. Yeah, I think of Jim Lee's Gambit, which is, you know, maybe it's just the fact that he was always fighting Wolverine back in the early 90s, but it was a stark contrast between somebody that was just, like, just so thin in comparison to the stocky version of Wolverine. I saw Channing Tatum look more different in uh, the new trailer for Jupiter Rising, or Jupiter Ascending. Uh, I've never seen him look more different. He's wearing eyeliner, he's got slightly longer hair, he's got a goatee. He's got pointy ears. Does he have pointy ears? You almost don't recognize him at first glance. Hmm. And then you're like, ew, that's Channing Tatum. And, uh, he, I, I want to laugh when I see him. I don't think he looks like I just see Channing Tatum with like some weird makeup and eyeliner. He looks, he looks really goofy in Jupiter. <laughs> right? Doesn't it make you just want to laugh? Does that movie look like the craziest bullshit? It kind of anyone else. It looks pretty crazy. Like, I don't know what to make. Of that first trailer. This that. is the first I'm hearing. It of reminds this. me a little bit of um, like the Fifth Element. Maybe not quite as silly, but like j- equally as crazy. And what I mean by that is there, there's just it, an absurd amount of information to digest. It seems like any sci-fi trope that you want, you got it. Yeah, we're throwing it in this movie. Like I. And maybe that's the thing. Like, I don't know what to focus on. I don't know what to process. Is this a Klingon warship? But every time I, but every time I think about it, I think of how goofy Channing Tatum looks with that weird goatee and the ears and the eyebrows. I might go see it though. It's by the guys that made the Matrix movies. Well, the the guy and the girl now, I guess, right? They also did Cloud Atlas, which is a uh, oh, they made that too. Big time. Uh, a lot of people can't follow that movie. I want to watch it. But I've heard really bad things about it. Has anybody seen Cloud Atlas? No. I haven't. No. I, I'm going to have to check it out one of these. That's another one. Yeah. Just, I, I haven't seen anything anything from it but the trailers. But it looks like whenever I... The trailers come, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is, what is this about? Like, I still have no idea. And that's what I'm getting from Jupiter Ascending so far. Like, I have no idea. Did you guys see the happened. trailer for Interstellar? The new Chris Nolan yeah, space they, movie? Yeah, they showed, no. they showed that and Jupiter Ascending. That looks Godzilla. really good. I mean, it's some serious spaceship, but... I, mean, see, I, don't know, I don't know if I think it looks good, because I don't know what the fuck it's about. I don't know if it's about life on Earth as everything is dying, or if it's actually about some kind of space travel that they only kind of tease... In this first, trailer. I think it's about the the world's dying. We have to evacuate Earth, and you are going to be, you know, Matthew McConaughey is a scientist tasked with testing out the interstellar space travel so that we can escape Earth, so that we can leave planet Earth. Yeah. That's what I think. That's what it sounded like to me. I didn't think it was confusing. Well, I think it is confusing because. That's your interpretation, but I don't think that it's clear what it's really going to be about. I mean, okay. certainly they, they show that the Earth is... Don't they say that exact thing, though? Like, the Earth's dying, no, you have to leave... Okay. But, but what I'm saying is, is the movie going to focus on, on the final days of Earth leading up to the interstellar travel? 
Or is that just kind of the, the, the premise and then the movie's more about the actual space travel and trying to find a new home? Yeah, I mean, uh, but that's what a trailer does. I realize that, but do you realize how different a movie you're going to get if one is terrestrial and the other is about the space travel? Could be either way. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. The style looks good. The actors look good. Is, um, what's her face? She wasn't Catwoman in Batman. But what's her name again? Michelle Anne Pfeiffer. Hathaway. That's right. Is what? she in it? Is she? I thought she she might be. Uh, I don't think so. Right. That uh, Jesse Jessica, she was in um, Zero Dark Thirty. What's her name, Paul? Jessica Chastain. Chastain. She's in it. Anne Hathaway is in it. Okay. So yeah, Tur- Topher Grace. Topher Grace. Casey Affleck. Michael Caine, star studded John Lithgow, star-studded film. Chris Nolan, I think I'm in. Comes out in November, I believe. Whereas uh, Jupiter Ascending is um, August? It's getting fucking slaughtered by Guardians and The Expendables 3. Don't don't make predictions. I'm not betting anybody. I can still make predictions. You said it so confidently. I can still make... I've been wrong before. I will be wrong in the future. It's not going to scare me away from making bold statements. Do you think that Jupiter Ascending is going to be a big flop? I have no idea. I haven't even seen the trailer, honestly. Paul, what do you you feel? I don't don't know. I want to say yeah, but it has that... Was the fifth element a big flop on it? I think so. Because that game traction. Like, I mean, Fifth Element is wildly popular now. Yes. So, I no, I can't, I can't bring myself to say Jupiter Ascending is going to be good. I think it's my prediction is it will be a bit of a flop. It has a huge cast, and I'm like, how can this huge cast not make a good movie? But there's, I mean, it's wacky. It is. Oscar, Fifth Element, Oscar nominated for Best Effects, sound, sound Effects, and Editing. I guess that doesn't really mean anything, but it had multiple nominations. It was a super weird movie. And most I didn't see it in the theater. most importantly, it has Chris Tucker. <laughs> yes, yes it does. Gary Oldman has a great villain. Yeah, that's right. I'm so sad that Chris Tucker's star burned so brightly and not long enough. Yeah... I fucking love Chris Tucker. I love Chris Tucker in yeah. Friday, but that was about it. I love Chris Tucker in both Jackie Chan. Rush Hour, I fucking hate Rush Hour. Hate it. What about yeah, Rush, Rush Hour 2? What about Rush Hour 3? Maybe it's Jackie Chan, because sure. I also love Shanghai Nights with Owen Wilson. Maybe. Rumble in the Bronx. You know, if... if um, Jackie Chan. Maybe... I know that Chris Tucker may have died. I don't know if anybody... He didn't die. How dare you? But uh, I believe there's always Fantasia Barino or whatever her name was from American Idol. I always got the two of those. Because she is Jupiter or No, but if you listen to each of them talk, they sound exactly the same. <laughs> you guys will be really surprised at Chris Tucker's filmography. He is only credited as being in 15 films. Wow. Isn't that surprising? Yeah. Like... Silver Linings Playbook in 2012. Then, there is a Rush Hour 3, 2007. Then, in 2001, Rush Hour 2. So he didn't do any movies other than Rush Hour from 1998 until 2007. 
That's insane! That's all we did. It was Rush Hour movies. Hmm. Not a big fan. But great as Smokey and Friday. And you know this, man. <laughs> I have not seen Friday since. Really? That's a good Was that too deep? I guess. I haven't seen Friday since I was like in high school. and I remember being pretty, um, you know, kind of... Like it. To it, yeah, didn't like Friday. I just didn't care. The well, original I one I thought was really good. I would rewatch it. The ones after that, not really a, a big fan of. So, um, obviously, tonight, this is the, uh, the McSauce Movie Podcast. Uh, one one more further bit of... Go ahead. Why kid ourselves? Isn't it always the McSauce Movie Podcast? Come on now. Uh, we talked a little comics last week. Actually, before we do uh, any more movie talk, um, I would like Paul to uh, give us a, a quick personal review of a um, comic book that we talked about last week on the show, which was Nailbiter. I lent it to Paul. He he said that he would read it, and he did. And going in, I know that his opinion was pretty harsh. He felt like he knew what it was, and he thought it was going to be kind of contrived and not entertaining. Is that a safe assumption? Absolutely true. I am the shallow member of the McSauce team. And what is I, Matt? I have um, the sort of the bad winner of the McSauce podcast team. Um, I I am I'm quick to judge knee-jerk reactions to things like sex criminals and nail-biter as, you know, witnessed in last episode. But I will read or watch anything. And if I'm wrong, I'm a big enough person to say Will you read sex criminals? Yes, but he only has a digital. Oh, I thought... Give me your password. I, would, I, I have in the past. Go on your computer and read it. Anyway, that's... So, I read Nailbiter, and it was good. I rather enjoyed it. I will be buying issue number two. I hate that now we have to go back on the whole Tunnel Vision Paul thing. Why do you let him redeem himself? Fuck. I don't think he redeemed himself that well. I don't know. Every was, time we try to corner him in on being a tunnel vision, he was ass. still pretty obnoxious about it. What right now? No, last week. Oh well, yeah, because I thought it was dog shit. But I read it, and the others, I I still don't think it needs to be called nailbiter. Granted, it's only after one episode. One but there's issue. a duality to the term nailbiter. Right. I don't know what. You know, the title. The cover, you know, the story, that it leads you to believe it's about the serial killer. Um, so far after one issue, it isn't. It's about, it's a, it's kind of a um, Silence of, of the Lambs type thing, where it's about Clarice Starling, but they're not going to name the movie Clarice Starling. They'll name it Silence of the Lambs. So, um, but I think that the main police officer in this story, the detective, he's the one you're going to follow, and the, the actual nail-biter serial killer... It's going to be part of the story, but a little more than perfect. So there's a little more going on than I uh, initially thought in my knee-jerk review. 
Did but you, I liked it. Did I you feel it. like it? the tone of it was, was well established? Because that was the thing that really drew me in, was the just the, the vibe that it created with the artwork and even even the story itself, but the coloring and the artwork really sold it. For yeah, me. it felt the, the constant rain in this town. It felt it felt good. They get to everything pretty quick. Um, I forget who the writer is on it, but all the characters are pretty well established after that first that first issue. I won't go so far as to say that um, it's like a preacher or a why the last man, but I think after one issue, it has a lot of potential to be. A lasting story. I agree. I mean, I made the comparison to The Walking Dead last week, and you know, I mean, granted, it's early, but it, I remember the way I felt about the first issue of The Walking Dead when I first read it, when it first came out, and this was the closest I felt to that since then. But that was a while ago. That being said, I was really happy with the first issue of Future's End, the new DC Weekly. And the second issue sucked. So it's going to be a long 52 weeks, I'm afraid. Oh, buddy, are you really going to go and smash your head against the wall and buy all 52 issues? Not if it, not if it keeps going like issue number two and issue number two. Is I didn't so realize it was talking. a. I knew it was a weekly series, but I didn't know it was a 52. Yeah, those are brutal, man. If those are bad. You're, you are in for Because I bought really the first two. I bought the first two, and afterwards, that's when I realized what I had gotten involved with, and I don't think I want any part of it. I've it's got a, two issues. Issue number two it. is a book where, and I don't know if this is a DC mandate, uh, but none of the characters are likable. Like, Mr. <laughs> Terrific is a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's a hero. He donates tons of money, you know, to do good things. But as a person, he's a fucking asshole. Ronnie Raymond, half of Firestorm, asshole. Roy Harper, asshole. I don't know what they're doing with their characters. Like, why do you... I don't want to root for these people. I'm like, they kill Oliver Queen right off the bat. And I'm like, thank God he doesn't have to live in this world with all of these assholes. Mark Miller's writing it? No, it's Brian Azzarello, Keith Giffen, Dan Jurgens, and Jeff Lemire. But they, like, you don't want to root for these characters. Like, Roy Harper... Is it purposeful that they're making them all such bricks? It has to be. But, like, I, I didn't read Mr. Terrific when they relaunched the new 52. So I don't know what was established for his character then, but he's like fucking Kanye in this book. <laughs> Jesus. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to anybody. Yeah, Don't he talk gives, to yourself. He kind of gives Aquaman that t- same type of deal. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the king of the seas, motherfucker. I'm like, Aquaman, fuck him up. So, yeah, if, I, if it keeps going down this road where there's a lot of a lot of talk, it was like two pages full of Animal Man giving Oliver Queen's eulogy. Too much talking. If too, if the talking continues. And the asshole characters continue. I'm out. But there was bigger news right after we recorded. Zack Snyder released a Batman image for Batman Superman. Batmobile, right? Or Batman vs. Superman. Well, there were there was a two release process. One was the Batmobile, oh, sort of teaser. sort of covered in the tarp, and you could see a little bit of the back of it. And then the full out. Let's start with the Batmobile. 
either of you two excited was, about the Batmobile a, reveal? It was the nip slip uh, version of the Batmobile. No, even even the the more fleshed out one in the image. Let's just talk about the, the Batmobile first. The upskirt. Yeah, the upskirt Batmobile. Are either of you excited about that? Does well, that tip your needle? It's still hard to really see it very well, but it, it appears that it's. But are you excited it's, for more? It's still Tumblr esque, yeah. I think. It's Tumblr esque, but more car like. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. I don't. It looks cool to me. I like. It's it. sort of what I expected. I felt like they were going to stick with a version of the Tumblr. It looks. It looks like um, maybe the Tim Burton style, but certainly more rugged. Maybe lacrosse between the Tumblr and the Tim Burton style. Yeah. See, I couldn't be any less interested in the Batmobile or what it looks like. I know it's an integral part of Batman's mythology, but I, I don't I don't care. I'm not really a car guy myself. Maybe, so maybe, I don't, yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't care. I mean, it looked cool. It didn't make me freak out. But then I think back to whenever they introduced Tumblr, and I was like, well, that's so stupid, until I actually saw it proven wrong. So I'm just kind of indifferent. It looks It looks fine to me. I'm yeah, okay. I'm, I'm indifferent to, to the Batmobile. I wouldn't say I'm indifferent. I think it looks cool. It looks, yeah, it looks cool. Like, I, I like this you know, kind of a Tumblr Batmobile. There's hybrid. so much that goes with it, because in every Batman movie, pretty much, there is a sequence with the chase, and the Batmobile is a big part of it. And, you know, I just, I want what does it sound like? Because they all kind of have their own unique sound. Mm-hmm. You know, is this one going to have fire spitting out of the back of it? What is the scene going to be like? Is it going to drive on rooftops again? Or is it going to drive through, you know, the city and use grappling hooks and shit? Yeah, I'm kind of interested, actually. I think it's pretty awesome. I mean, the Batmobile is... God, I hate to keep going there, Paul. Outside of some Star Wars vehicles, it's about the coolest fucking vehicle that there is. It's the Godzilla of vehicles. (laughs) See, after seeing the image and thinking about it, it, it hit me that, like, if I was tasked to write a Batman story, I would probably forget to put the Batmobile in it because I just, I just don't care about that part of. They would the always Batman universe. Batman and Robin would just be on rooftops. That just if it was my Batman story. I got a new Batman T-shirt that has the schematics of the Batmobile on it. Which Batmobile? From Batman Returns. No, like the ones that the penguin steals? It's more of like comic book version. Um, it looks kind of like... I can't really pinpoint exactly what it's from, if it's even from something specific or if it was kind of uniquely made for the t-shirt. But I showed Paul a couple weeks ago. You may not remember, though, Paul. You were um, slightly inebriated. Do you yeah. remember? No. But, beyond the Batmobile, what else did they reveal? A picture of Batman himself. Sad man. Sad Batman. <laughs> Is he sad Batman? Dressed, he looks brooding. Dressed, uh... Who, who is in the costume? Ben Affleck. Daredevil himself. Or a stunt guy. It looked like Ben Affleck. You have the cleft chin... The unhappy face yeah, and one diesel-looking Batman. Yeah. Is that what we're going with? Batman is sad in this picture. That, and that's the a big gripe from fanboys, apparently, that he looks sad. 
What? That's so silly. I don't think he looks sad. He doesn't think, look like he's he prepared to fuck someone's day up. I don't know. The the picture of him that somebody put where he's sitting on the log jammer by himself is pretty fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, For those of you that don't know what the log jammer is, <laughs> Pittsburgh reference. It's a water ride at a uh, Pittsburgh amusement park. Uh, look up Log Jammer Kennywood, and you'll see what we're talking about. It's not some veiled uh, homosexual they have, reference. They have not that we would do that. We're pretty obvious with their homosexual <laughs> references. They have different Log Jammer rides in tons of amusement parks. Yeah, like they have different names, but they are those like water rides. They're sitting a log. They all jam logs. They all jam logs. But there's one at a place in Ohio called the Fudge Factor. So, you said enough tired. We do we like then the way that that Ben Affleck is looking here as Batman? Do we like the costume first of all? Yes. I wish that this picture wasn't in black and white. I've seen versions where they artificially color it mm-hmm. to fit different Batman themes. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could see this in color. Um, then I'd get a better grasp. So far, it looks good. But I'd like to see it in color. My only concern... I don't like the fat bat. I don't like the big bat on his chest. I think, but that's because I don't like uh, Dark Knight Returns or Frank Miller's superhero work. It um, looks like it's the same tone as the rest of the costume, and that's my... Concern. Yeah, I mean, it all, it all, it all fits. The, the, just the design portion of that bat I don't like. But my biggest problem is it looks like he's not going to be able to turn his head. Yeah, it does look like the cow and, and you know, the whole neck, headpiece, it's all connected. Maybe he's so sad because he's had to hold his head that way for the last eight or nine hours. Yeah, they're definitely going back to the pre-Dark Knight film, Batman, where he can't turn his head. We don't know that. It may be able to turn his head. And it doesn't look like it. It looks like all one piece without any kind of... Uh, jointage, but it, to maybe me... Maybe it's softer than we think. Maybe, maybe. But, I think that it looks cooler when it's one piece than it looks... It just doesn't look cool when he has to turn his head. Because he has to turn his entire torso. Or body. And, um... Eh, whatever. We'll see how it looks in action. Uh, so far, I think it looks fantastic. Um, it's very New 52 inspired. It's got the uh, the seams all over it, which I'm not a giant fan of in the New has 52. The, has the knuckle studs. It's got the knuckle studs. It's I like the short ears, the Jim Lee. Yeah, I do like that, that compact style. People were saying that he looks like Catman. I, I don't get that from it. I think he just looks like a Jim Lee or Frank Miller style. You're stretching Batman. if you're pissed off that he looks like Catman because a very small percentage of even comic fans know who Catman is. I think he looks really good, and I love the short ears because we haven't had short ears on a Batman since Adam West in the 60s. So it has literally been um, almost 60 years since we had, well, what, 50 years? I don't know. I can't do the math. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've had a short ear on Batman. And, uh... 
don't know, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it looks. I know what you're saying, Ian, about there's not much contrast between the, the suit and the symbol. It seems like tonality-wise, they're very equal. Yeah, it really does. Uh, I mean, like, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if those are different colors. Right. Really not. And like, and that I think is a criticism that you can take all the way back to um, the. Batman and Robin version of the costume, the, the George Clooney one where the bat was black on black. And ever since then, that's the way it's been. I don't know why they're afraid to put color on that symbol on Batman, but they are. I don't know why either. Marvel set a precedent in all their movies that uh, you know, colors and some brightness works. Um, I don't think it would be so out of place in Man of Steel. I I hope I would like them to brighten Superman's colors a little bit. But I think this is a good opportunity to brighten it up a little bit. I mean, Super the Superman it was almost a fucking black and white movie. You said that um, whenever you were watching some of the DVD outtakes from Superman um, or the Man of Steel, that that blue was much. It was a it was a brighter blue. It was a true blue. And then they went through after you know all the post production work. And kind of muddied it Some up and made it like gray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wish I'm, I'm gonna have to buy Man of Steel, watch DVD extras so that I can see that because I'd be interested. So, what do we expect them to show us at Comic Con? Do we expect anything from Comic Con? There's gotta be something. I mean, th- that's just what you do at Comic Con. There's gonna be something. What do we expect? I don't know. Maybe a color version of it. Maybe a picture of Batman and Superman together. You think we're still on pic- at pictures? You don't think we'll see any kind of snippet, any kind of teaser? 2016. It's a long way, it is. It's a really long way. I'm still confused why. If they're making it right now, why is it 2016? It's baffling. Is it filming now? Yeah. There have They've been already- pictures of Gal Gadot walking around, not in Wonder Woman outfit, but as Wonder Woman on the set. So. I didn't know they had started filming this yet. They, they filmed uh, a sequence, what was it, in Giant Stadium? Um, I, I don't know. Like, months ago. Yep, I, I don't know. So, I don't know either. I, what, <laughs> I'm baffled by the delay in this movie. I, there are so many indications pointing to major issues with the production of this movie. And I know Paul is very concerned about this. Um, he feels like it's going to make for a terrible movie. Maybe. Could be something to it. Because 2016, they delayed that thing six months ago. Maybe not that long ago, but... It's a long time. It really is. So It's a long time. By the time you get to 2016, no one's going to remember Man of Steel. Do we really have... Is it officially Man of Steel 2? Are we calling Nothing. it Batman Superman World's Finest? Do we even have a title for this film? The one that they keep throwing around is Batman versus Superman. That's what it's been pretty much since the beginning, and that seems to be the, the longest-lasting one. And, and that's not official, even though no, it's, it's fanboy talk. Well... I don't know. Is that what they said whenever, um, what did Zack Snyder say 
whenever he released his the picture of Batman. I don't think he said anything though. Tip and a nod to the title. But I don't know, man. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the hell this movie's gonna be about. All I know is we're gonna have Batman and Superman in a movie together. I'm excited. I'm excited too. It looks good. I hope he can move his head. We've got on IMDb Batman vs Superman. There's no Man of Steel two. On IMDb, it comes up as Batman vs Superman. So there we put, have it. They gotta put something in there. The plot has not been disclosed at this time. Well, Ian, I understand you're going home with a lighter wallet tonight. Yes, I am. But it won't stop me from making crazy bets with Matt in the future. So that's what I, we do. That's what we do on the McSauce podcast. We make stupid bets. We make rash judgments. We talk about Star Wars incessantly. That's what we bring to the table. Hey, you brought it up more than I did tonight. Sprinkle in a little bit of comic books. Heavy doses of TV. Film. Kind of run out of time this week. Next week we'll get into the Flash trailer. We will. That's a good idea. Next week also, I read the first arc of Nova. Speaking of things that... Oh, I said stunk. I had no idea if they were good or not. It's going to be interesting. Until next time, I'm Paul McGinty. And sharply... I gotta pee like crazy. I'll be right. Wait, wait. Time to get busy.